Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and we're going to see what this intro ends up being this week. Uh, I haven't prepared anything. I just got off of six consecutive 12-hour shifts, and my brain is mush. It really is. I have one day off, and then I go back for two more shifts, and... I'm, I'm doing this this way without really any notes or anything else because this is WrestleMania week. Uh, I want to get this episode put together. I want to get it done. I want to get it up because it's an awesome conversation with a guy who is an expert on toys, on food, and has a little... We, we don't get as much into wrestling as I thought we would, but that's because the toys and the food were such fascinating topics uh, for both of us. Uh, today on the show... This week's episode is Joe Shoes. If you're a fan, as I am, of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, you've probably seen Joe here and there uh, in Major Wrestling Figure Podcast stuff. And he is, the the story here is that he's the guy that kind of lit the, the fire under me to buy Snake Mountain. Now, there's a lot more uh, to uh, talk about than just that. But that's kind of the key moment where I was like, you know, I, I kind of like to talk to this guy. And then as time went on, another thing came up here and there. His Instagram is great. His YouTube channel is great. So you need to follow this guy. Uh, we drop, uh, you can find the links in the show notes. We talk about it during the, as I call it, meat of the episode. But Joe's awesome. He's great. He's going to be back on very soon for another episode, probably coming next month. Uh, it's really going to depend on what Walmart does with their shipping. But this is a fun episode. You're going to like it. And it's appropriate because we talk a little bit about his presence in FWF Live, which is a production of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. But it's not uh, figures. It is an actual wrestling pay-per-view featuring Brian Myers and Matt Cardona and basically just a bunch of the people that they've worked with over the years, friends of theirs. Uh, so this event goes live, or I guess went live, Thursday night, last night, April the 8th. But you can order it for the next, I believe, week through April the 15th. Uh, you go to Patreon FWF Live and they have different packages where you can order just the pay-per-view. You can get this merchandise bundle that includes uh, if you're into them I'm not and yet I'm going to end up with a couple here just because uh, micro brawlers which are little wrestling figures but this one is exclusive to this. So the only way you can get it is in this merch bundle uh, they've got pins it's all exclusive merchandise that if you don't want it you're going to be able to flip it like on ebay or, or whatever or trade it for wrestling figures or, or whatever you're going to do but anyway uh joe is in a match on fwf live it's a four-way match uh, we talk about it on the the episode but just check out patreon 
FWF Live, and that's how you can watch this pay-per-view that our new friend Joe is going to be part of in his alter ego of, okay, wait, it's Yoko Shuna, but I wonder why it's not Joko Shuna, but that's maybe too much. Well, then there's joke at the beginning, and you don't want, uh, this is a serious match, you guys. The stakes are high in this four-way match so there's no joking to be had so uh yeah our, our, our new pal yoko shuna will be in this match uh so anyway that's uh check that out that's available now as you're hearing this and i think it's going to be obviously i'm a big fan of cardona and myers but their combination of charm and talent and humor I think is going to make this one of the most memorable things of this WrestleMania week. And that brings me to why I'm sitting here Tuesday, my one day off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, putting this together, which is a very unusual time for me to be producing an episode of the podcast, is because there's stuff going on every other night this week. Well, every night. Tonight is the Hall of Fame. Uh, I can't remember if Impact moves tonight or moves this week or next week. Uh, and then obviously Wednesday and Thursday night is the NXT TakeOver. Friday night is SmackDown. Uh, Wednesday is also AEW. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday are WrestleMania. Like every night this week, I'm going to be sitting watching wrestling. So I, this episode needed to get in the can, you guys. And then there's other stuff going on too. Friday, Hasbro Pulse has some kind of big event where hopefully they're going to announce that all of the uh, awful Target-exclusive Cobra Island figures are going to be available in the main line in different versions like they did with the Cobra Trooper. Uh, you know, we need the Viper. We need Firefly. We need Baroness. We don't have Baroness in the main line. It's It's ridiculous. And I got to tell you right now, I am finding, and, and if you want more about G.I. Joe, please check out Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast available wherever you get your podcast. It's in the Needless Things feed, so you're probably getting it anyway. But I'm getting so much more joy right now out of collecting vintage Joes than I am out of cl the classified series that I'm, I, I, I won't do it, but I'm thinking about doing it, just dumping the classified because the releases are so slow this cobra island thing is so frustrating uh and really even just the mainline stuff your choices you you can't even choose to look for them in stores because they're not there uh and your other option is to pre-order them online usually for a markup unless you get them from hasbro pulse and you're willing to wait like three or four extra months to get them uh it's just this is Collecting classified series is almost as frustrating as trying to collect the 2002 Masters of the Universe line. Uh, I don't think it's quite as bad, but it's it's pretty bad. And yes, they're they're if you're on top of things, they're readily available online. But again, I just I don't know. It's the way that I'm having to collect this line is very unappealing to me. Uh, so anyway, that's where we're at there. The Hasbro Pulse is, they're going to be announcing Marvel Legends, probably this Infinity Saga line. I'm sure they're going to show the Disney Plus wave, the Shang-Chi wave, lots of stuff coming out of there. Unfortunately, we seem to know about a lot of it already. Even I, who like don't really dig too deep, like if I'm giving you guys news, it's probably something I've read from Toy Arc or whatever, where I think, well, I looked at this, maybe the listeners didn't all see it, 
but I don't do a whole lot of digging. Like, I don't go to those websites that have, like, the UPCs and the shipping information for what Star Wars figures, which, by the way, Black Series and Vintage Collection also will probably be part of this Pulse event. Uh, I, I don't track those websites of, like... It, it, these the cases of Boba Fett are in the country now. Like I, I'm not that deep, but uh, you know I, I see sites that are that deep. Anyway, so Hasbro Pulse event is happening Friday, so that's another thing on my schedule. Uh, I go in Monday for my second Pfizer vaccination shot. I'm very excited about that. Uh, you know I'm I'm still in general feeling good. The, the beginning of the year was extremely frustrating and difficult for me uh and while coming off of six days in a row is pretty tough it's not the worst thing that's happened to me this year so i'm you know gonna enjoy my day off here work a couple more days and then uh have some more time off and and we just you, you gotta keep getting by you gotta keep looking ahead to when things are gonna uh it's hard to, to look ahead and know for sure things are going to be better, but things are going to be different. You're going to have different things to, to worry about that will be stressing you out. And won't that be nice that this thing is done and now you have a new thing to focus your poor, tortured brain on? Uh, still keeping up the DDP yoga. I'm feeling absolutely fantastic from that. Uh, you guys, I can't put it over enough. My aches and my pains are gone. Uh, as I've talked about, the weight loss hasn't quite been what I was expecting but I mean, I am in better shape and just getting up every day. Like when I stand up out of a chair, I don't put my hands down on the armrest and push myself up like an old person. I just stand right up. I can squat and get back up and just the mobility and the, the lack of pain when I get up in the morning that I didn't even realize, you know, last year when I started this, uh, just over a year ago, I, I knew I was uncomfortable but I didn't realize how much I had grown accustomed to my discomfort until it started to go away and I started living every day without those aching joints and like my ankles and my hips hurting and my back uh, constantly in danger of going out on me. Just the difference in quality of life alone is, is worth it. So you guys, find, find something to make your life a little bit better, whether it's DDP yoga, whether it's maybe cutting out the Reese's peanut butter cups every once in a while, maybe it's just waking up in the morning and trying to have a different outlook on how things are going to go that day. I, I don't know. Find one one thing that makes your life better. Maybe it's taking all of your G.I. Joe classified figures, putting them up on eBay, and not even thinking about that line anymore and just focusing on the vintage stuff. Because the my when I look... At my 80s real American hero figures, it brings me joy every single time. There's that whole that whole lady who was like, get rid of anything that doesn't bring you joy, which is, I appreciate the thought, but they're different levels of joy, lady, okay? But out of everything that's down here in the Phantom Zone, and I keep getting asked to do a, a tour on YouTube, on the Needless Things YouTube channel, where you can find toy reviews twice a week, if not more, uh... I keep getting asked to do a tour of the Phantom Zone and and I'll it's it's on the list. It's it's a to-do project, but it's going to take more than just walking around filming it. I I it's really something I'm going to have to plan for. Uh but when I look at, at that collection, genuinely I stop, I look at it, I'm happy, I'm joyful. It brings me joy looking at those figures in that collection. Uh so yeah, maybe change 
change something that you're focused on and drop something that isn't giving you everything you want. Uh, that, that could be a collection. That could be something you're working on. That could be an entire human being that you realize, like, you know what? Why is this person in my life? They don't bring me joy and dump that fucker to the curb. So, anyway... That's that's what you get when I don't plan an intro. Now it's time. Everybody sit back and, and look. I, I mentioned uh, you know diet, weight, whatever. But sometimes you got to treat yourself. And I think right now is one of those times where maybe you want to go get a flamethrower burger from Dairy Queen. Maybe you want a Baconator. I don't know what your favorite burger is. But maybe you want to go grab that, that decadent, fat, juicy burger. Sit back with a nice big soda and listen to me and my new pal Joe Shoes just talking about everything on the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast. Joining me tonight to talk about toys, to talk about food, to talk about wrestling, please welcome to the Needless Things Podcast for the first time ever, Mr. Joe Shoes. All right. I like that intro. I like Feel to give a little, a little razzle-dazzle on it. I like it. So where we're going to start is when, when I get somebody new on the show, I like to kind of begin with like, well, how the heck do I know you? Where did I meet you? Why do I know you? And this one is a little weird because the first time I ever heard your name was Brian Myers. We're, we all know we're fans of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Brian Myers mentioned that you were doing this eating challenge, uh, a McDonald's food challenge. I think it was live on YouTube. Yes. And it was... Okay, I want to try and remember what it was. Was it like two double cheeseburgers, 20 McNugget? You're going to... So there was this thing going around Twitter. It, it was just like a meme, like some rich guy with nothing better to do had posted this picture of just like a whole smorgasbord of McDonald's nonsense. And he's like, you have 90 minutes to eat this. And if you do, you get $3,000. Can you do it? And I believe it was a uh, Tommy boy from Massachusetts was like, Hey, you, you, you should do this. You could do this. And I had been doing like food reviewed videos on YouTube for a while, like just to entertain myself, really, um, especially during quarantine. I had nothing to do. Right, right. And before we get any further, plug your channel. Yeah. So it's YouTube.com slash Joe Shoes. And it's the a majority of uh, just me eating different fast food items and giving reviews every now and then I'll try to do some weird challenge. And then just to entertain myself as well, you know, it's just a channel about me. So it's things I like. So it's also me doing some unboxing videos and getting some vintage figures in and opening them up and just, you know, it's just me being me and entertaining myself for the most part. It's not necessarily big, but I have a good time doing it. So I just keep doing it. And well, um, those are the best channels to me. I really love, you know, I love stuff like like Pixel Dan and his sort of professional yeah. reviews and stuff like that. But I also love just like, Here's this guy and the stuff he does. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. You know, I have um I have like a kind of a weird life. Like I've I've had my fingers in a lot of things. Um I'm always trying different things. I I once called myself the uh, Judy Hops 
of <laughs> of just like life because I want to try everything. So, you know, I wanted to be a baseball writer at one point. So I became a blogger. I'm actually a member of the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. Uh, I was a professional wrestler for about 15 years. I like toys, so I play with toys. You know, it's just if you want to do something, I'm of full belief, like, go ahead and do it. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that's I've while I haven't I've been a wrestling announcer, I've hosted game shows, I've I've same kind of thing. Like if there's something I want to try and I have the opportunity to try it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, I mean that's you only get one shot at life, right? Like yeah. so, yeah. Have why fun. not? Yeah, enjoy yourself, and you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone or doing anything uh, nefarious behind the scenes, like go ahead, man, shoot your shot. And sometimes that fun involves eating a shit ton of McDonald's. Yeah. So the the Twitter challenge was out, and it was like we were about a month into quarantine or or like three weeks into quarantine at that point. So everyone was sitting around doing nothing. And I, it was three double quarter pounders, a regular quarter pounder, two large fries, I think 20 nuggets and four uh, sodas. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, well, at first I didn't think they were quarter pounders. I thought it was McDoubles because it didn't have it listed. It was just a picture of just all this food. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, I was like four McDoubles. Like, yeah, no problem. Like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that came to bite me in the butt afterwards. But um, I decided I was like, Hey, you know, I, I have the YouTube channel and I'll go live with it and maybe, you know, like give people something to do. And interaction is always fun. I mean, you're a podcast host. So whenever you get any kind of feedback and any kind of back and forth, it's, it's pretty cool and pretty fun. And um, Brian, I, I always feel weird about like posting my own ventures in the, the major uh, wrestling figure podcast group. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm same way, same like, way. It's not my forum. And a lot of times it's not like toy related. So I feel like it's not even topical to the group. Yeah. So I, I don't really do that a lot, but then Brian went like, Brian was like so hyped for this and he was like him and Papa bear, Paul and Tommy boy were like, like three of like the biggest people like, Oh my God, you have to, you have to do this. And then Brian put it in the group. And all of a sudden I had this like flood of major marks who came into the room and were like cheering me on. So at one point I, I want to say there was close to about like 80 people watching me live doing it. <laughs> and uh, I got to the very end, got to the very end, had one soda to go. Oh my gosh. And, and then I just, I hit a wall. I, I just hit a wall. And all of a sudden I started feeling like it felt like there was just a concrete block in my stomach. Oh. And there was nowhere else to put anything. (laughs) And I had watched like I did like tape study on these challenges. So I was on YouTube like the night before, like getting myself hyped and in the zone watching other people do it. And the majority of people that I watched do it didn't even come remotely close, you know, but they were trying to do things like like stack fries on the burger. And when you do stuff like that, because I've done some challenges in the past. At one point, I was uh, wrestling as the revolting blob. And I got a booking for a 4th of July like festival in Myrtle Beach to do a cupcake eating competition with former Major League Baseball all-star Reggie Sanders. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when you try to do too much, you actually like kind of psych yourself out and you trick your body into when you start chewing too long, you take bigger bites, you're chewing too long. 
and now now you feel a lot fuller than you do normally. So I knew not to like try to overdo it. And, and my strategy was get the burgers out of the way first. Once I get the burgers out of the way, I felt like that was going to be the hardest part. And I felt like once I got that out of the way, I could pretty much be home free. And I didn't think the sodas were going to be a problem because I'm a big soda guy. I yeah. love soda. Now, is this straight up like Coca-Cola? It was just four medium Cokes. Oh, gosh. And the, the, the issue that I had, this is what came to like do me in was to make sure that I had the food in time by the time I was supposed to go live on YouTube, I ordered a little bit early thinking it would take, you know, maybe like 45 minutes or an hour for the food to show up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because how often do you order food? And it, it's, it always takes forever. Like, it's never like quick. Yeah, it's never right there. And especially I'm ordering, ordering a lot of food. Yeah. This stuff came in 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. So the food had been sitting there for about an hour. And oh, what I gosh. had it planned on was all the ice in the sodas had melted by the time I got to it. So whereas oh. I thought the ice was going to be my saving grace because I wouldn't be drinking like a full 22 ounces of each soda. Right. Now it's all number one, it's watered down soda, which was bad. Oh. And number two, now I'm drinking the full amount of liquid for each soda. And it's and not like as crisp and cool and refreshing. No. It's just like, oh. So I get to that last soda. I'm about halfway through and I just stop. It was like the red light went on and I'm just squirming. I'm selling big time. And I'm just like, all of a sudden I grab my bucket and I just start puking like <laughs> a madman right on camera. And it's funny, you know, like Brian tells the story now that was the day WWE made a bunch of roster cuts. And I had heard earlier in the day that they were about to, you know, fire some people. And yeah. instinctively, I knew I had a pretty good feeling Brian was going to be one of them. And I knew he was watching. And as it's going on, I, I start getting text messages going, hey, your boy just got fired. Oh. So. This man is going through, you know, is one of my buddies, my good friends, and he's getting fired from his dream job while he watches his buddy's shoes just gorge on <laughs> McDonald's. And he tells the story that by the end of it, when I start throwing up and his wife was pregnant still at the time, she was laughing so hard that she actually peed her pants. <laughs> oh, man. See, and that's. That's that because there had to be you say you hit a wall and I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never done competitive eating, uh, but I had uh, years ago at work. There's this one guy we got at work who will make bets on anything. Oh, he's, absolutely. He's there's always he's, someone. I, I give you a dollar if you can do that. I bet you can't do that. I give you fifteen dollars like just anything. Yeah. And he. uh bet me that I couldn't eat and I I, I want to say it was four king size Reese's fast breaks okay I believe that's what it was uh, and he put a time limit on it it was I think he gave me like five minutes mm -hmm. and I was like you gotta be, come on you gotta be kidding me that's not a problem yeah and because uh, I, 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 I can put food away yeah so it was going to be he bought he bought the fast breaks and was going to give me like 25 bucks if I did it. So, so something like that along those lines. And I got halfway through that last one. And you, you, when you said you hit a wall, dude, 
I, I it was so rich and chocolatey yep. and like, and you start a, tasting every molecule oh gosh, of dude. everything. And that's a dense candy bar yep. too. And then I look up and I'm like sweating. I'm, I'm just like, Oh, this isn't pleasant, but it's only like two minutes in. So I've got plenty of time, but I really feel like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't, I just don't, like you said, don't have anywhere to put this yeah. rich junk, Good. but I look up and I see his face and he realizes that I'm going to do it. And he's going to, and he's cheap too, stingy, mm. stingy motherfucker. So I look up and I'm like, that's what I needed. And I finished off that last one. I, I, I got it down and he was just miserable. So <laughs> mad. Cause in his mind, this was like an unsurmountable yeah. task. So I like, I, but I, man, when you said you hit the wall, I was like, I know that wall. Ugh. Yeah. It just, like I said, it felt like there was just like a cinder block in my stomach. And eventually like, you know, like when it rains and you're just pouring water out on the, on the ground and it just, it, it's got to go somewhere just nowhere to go. It's just, it, yeah, you know, yeah. so it, it, it had to. And, and the thing was too, was I, the time limit for this was 90 minutes. That's a long time. And I want to say, maybe I was about 35 minutes in yeah. and all I had left was the soda, but then the was, time doesn't even. And at that point, you know, you know, because the thing too, is like, people are always like, Oh no, you got to pace yourself. And it, it, no, you don't want to uh, pace yourself. No, but cause that's because the thing. that then you, you want to get it down before your yes. stomach realizes you're full. A hundred percent. What is it like 15 minutes between eating and your stomach realizing something like yeah. that? So like the whole you thing is like, down. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get it down, you know, like gorge and be sloppy no, about no, it, no, 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 but, but just keep a good pace, get right. it all down. And like I said, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, I'm, I'm at the end. All I have left is sodas, but then, oh man, it's just so, the, uh, the dusty finish right there. So, yeah. <laughs> so having said that though, you're a performer. Yeah. So once you realized that it was over, did you turn it up a little bit? No, you know what? Um, I don't know if I turned it up. Um, I just have, I feel like I, I'm a, I'm a big comedy fan, like a big Chevy Chase fan, like oh, yeah, sitcom yeah. fan. Like, I, you know, I grew up on all the, the regular 80s sitcoms that everybody else did. So I always felt like I have a, a good sense of comedic timing that it comes naturally. Yeah. So with stuff like that, um, I, I never feel the need to turn it up. I, I sometimes feel like just being me is enough. Um, I try to be as authentic as possible with whatever I'm doing. And it's just in that moment. Like, I know it's coming and I'm trying to fight it because I'm like, I'm all I have left is this half a soda. Like, you're going to a half a soda, like, really? And then, like, I just I know it and I grab it. I start puking into the bucket. It's gross. And I just turn around and I look at the camera and I'm like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) so it's not about turning it up. It's about letting it go. Yeah, it's just, you know, and the, the funny thing is, like, uh having like failed in that fashion was actually probably better for my, my brand for, for lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah. Because had I finished it, everyone just would have been like, Oh, cool. He, he he did it Move on and move on. Yeah. But, but after that, what I was seeing, I was getting tagged in a lot of pictures on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter where people were screen capping me, throwing up, people (laughs) were making gifts out of it. You know, people were clipping it and posting it everywhere. And I was like, wow, this actually has been a lot better for me than had I finished. So, yeah, yeah. you know, in that regard, 
it was good. I, you know, like it helped me get a bunch of new subscribers and stuff that day. So, you know, if, if I have to start puking every time, then, you know, that's, that's a road we may have to travel down at some point. He's gonna puke. Oh, so oh, there, there was someone uh, layered the audio over that where like, I'm like, I'm like heaving a little bit and you see it's coming and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so that was my first, uh, the first time I was like, who's this Joe shoes guy. Yeah. And then every once in a while you'd come up on, on the podcast or whatever. But then the, the big moment where you made a difference in my life was, oh boy. Bo- was boozing with the toys. Episode one. Yes. Episode one. You're there in Orlando, uh, hanging out with the guys. And for the, li- for our listeners who may not know what that is, uh, if you're a member of the major wrestling figure podcast, Patreon, they do a special event monthly where Myers and Cardona and, and all kinds of other guests will just hang out and booze it up, talk toys, buy toys, just hang out it's like hanging out with your buddies except two of them happen to be you know big wrestling guys yeah uh so you're hanging out there and you said something about the super seven snake mountain uh i think i don't remember if you said you were gonna pre-order it or you had pre-ordered it or you were thinking i don't remember exactly what the prompt was so the the thing with me was i had never I never dipped my toes into Masters of the Universe classics. I'm a huge Masters fan. But when the classics line started, I was very much not in a position financially to be able to get involved. Yeah, yeah. And I knew, I know myself well enough to know that even if I said, oh, you know, I'm just going to buy He-Man Skeletor and like, you know, the, the original eight or something. If I said something like that, it wouldn't last. Yeah. And then I'd feel you know, basically pot committed to have to subscribe and get every figure. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision early on to never dip my toes in those waters. You know, as time went on, years went by, I was, I was in a little bit of a better place, but I still never went back and did anything with the classics, but then snake mountain came along (laughs) and I'm looking at this and I'm going, wow, like this has the potential to be absolutely insane. And when Super 7 released the price point on it, I want to say like their price point was like 600 and then an additional 100 for shipping. I, I think it was, I think you're right. I think it was like 750 total. Like total out the door. Right. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, you know what? But before they released the price on it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy two. I'll have one to keep and then maybe one to flip. That way it'll pay for the one I want. Now right. that, that was my thought process. Then I saw the price come out and I was like, who boy, I am, I am not ready to play in these waters. So I didn't get it. And this is, this really is the thing that just changed my mindset on collecting as a whole, because once, I mean, this was two years before, the actual place at itself started shipping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we really hadn't seen any hard pictures of what this thing is going to look like outside of design release photos. Well, Mattel even showed some of the horseman's design work before super seven even got into making yeah. the, the masters of the universe stuff. Like we saw hints of this 
even longer ago than that. Yeah, but like at that at that point, you still didn't know what you were getting. You no, know? and no, and, you, and the hundred dollars for shipping. I I mean I know it wasn't just me. It that blew everyone away. Like, are you kidding? A hundred dollars for shipping? Like, well, the here here's the thing that that kind of killed it for me initially because I I was classics got me because of exactly what you said. I ordered. I I wasn't gonna do classics at first because Masters of the Universe. Like, I grew up with it, but I had like Triclops and like three other figures and that was it because gi okay. joe gi joe was my thing okay i had a few e-man figures and i'd like play with them at my friend's house but masters wasn't like my big deal so when classics came around i was like that's really awesome but i i wasn't super compelled to get into it but then they showed scare glow oh and i'm a sucker for a glow-in-the-dark skeleton wearing a purple cape so i was like you know what I'm going to get that scare glow. That's it. I'm getting him and I'm out. And that was, I mean, I was, yeah. Point, and then the floodgates open. It was yeah. over because at the time, if you remember, they would do the deal where like every month they put up the new figure, but then you could order older figures at the time. Like they weren't just constantly available. Yes. So like scare glow would go up and then they'd also have beast man and he man. And you'd have like two days to buy them. And Correct. Then, they'd shut off again. So I got my hands on that scare glow and I was like, dude, this is awesome. I cannot believe how cool this figure is. And then like the next month they offered Skeletor again, cause he had already been offered, mm -hmm. but then the next month they put him up again. And I was like, well, you know, I need, to, I need to get a Skeletor. Yeah. You gotta, oh, he's Skeletor. Yeah. You gotta yeah, have him. Of course. But then if you get a Skeletor, well, now I, I need a He-Man. I, I got to have a He-Man. He now I need a Man at Arms. And if I get a Man at Arms, now I need a Trap Jaw. And if I get a Trap Jaw, now I need an Evil Lynn. But if I got <laughs> Evil Lynn, I need a Teela. That's exactly what happened. And before I knew it, I'm subbed up. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm committed. I'm doing the whole thing. Yeah. I've got Castle. All of a sudden, I've got Castle Grayskull. I never even had the original Castle Grayskull when I was a kid. And I've got this classics Castle Grayskull. So I'm, I'm all in on classics. Snake Mountain gets offered. And like you said, it's just too much, especially I, um, I've got the, the sail barge, the, the, oh, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, Hasbro. And the shipping was included in the sail barge price. Now, granted, they're very different toys, very different projects, yes, different levels of, uh, you know, way more people bought the sail barge than bought Snake Mountain. That's just a fact. That's, yeah, it absolutely. Just is. But unfortunately for Snake Mountain, it was announced in the wake of the sail barge. Correct. So, as even though as toy collectors we know better we can't help but compare things like that. Absolutely. And so that was a little bit of what got me too. But then months later or a year later, whenever it was, here's Joe shoes hanging out on boozing with the toys, talking about how badass snake mountain is. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm sitting here. I got a little bit extra hold up. I'm, I'm looking at two wrestlers. I greatly admire who are getting drunk and talking about toys Maybe it's time to make a big boy purchase. Loved it. Loved <laughs> it. So I shot Mark Sterling a message and said, I think I'm about ready to spend a grand on a toy. What do you think about that? <laughs> and 
he pretty quickly brought me on. So live on Boozing with the Toys, I bought my Snake Mountain because you convinced me that it was going to be a big hole in in the collection because you you had said something about like this is a centerpiece this is an important piece of toy history something along it, those it lines. is i i and i i really do believe that and and, and I, I think i think as collectors and as he-man collectors and if you're collecting the classics i think we all vastly underestimated the presence of the snake mountain playset oh yeah dude because it wasn't until Super 7 released a couple of photos of like the finished project where all of a sudden everybody started scurrying like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't get this. Why didn't I get this? Why didn't I order this? All right. I know it was $100 shipping. I know the price was high, but like, oh, my God, look at this. I didn't expect this. No one expected it to be that massive. No one expected it to be as detailed as it was. And then when those pictures started coming out, it felt like like the rats running from the Titanic because we all had to go get snake mountain and no one knew what to do anymore. Well, and it was funny because after the pre-orders closed from super seven, which for the listeners, if you're considering getting things from super seven, just go ahead, pull the trigger order directly from super seven. hundred percent. You're going to get it sooner. If there are, any QC issues or if anything happens like with the Thundercats where yep. there are parts, you're going to get your stuff first. You're going to get taken care of. And if you, if you get it and you're like, you know what? I shouldn't have gotten this. You can flip it and make money back. Absolutely. And that, that was my main, that was the thing that turned me because I had pre-ordered some stuff from super seven in the past when they had, they were doing like the filmation style yeah, yeah. figures at the time. So I had pre-ordered a couple of those items at, at, one point and the thing that always killed me with super seven was just the length of time it would take from pre-order to the to when it would actually show up on your doorstep and that really was what turned me off to the pre-order model from yeah. super seven at the time and i was like you know what if i want anything i'd rather just wait till it's out and then just pay a couple extra bucks on ebay that way i order it i have it you know in like a decent amount of time and Snake Mountain changed all of that. And yeah. I know it wasn't just for me because then it became an absolute matter of um, supply and demand. Then you couldn't get it. And right off the bat, before a lot of people's orders had even started shipping, you were looking at $1,200 on eBay to, to pick up this piece now. And yeah. it was like, holy smokes. Because it sat, once Super 7 closed their orders, it sat on Entertainment Earth and Big Bad Toy Store for yeah. months, just yeah. available for their prices. And Entertainment Earth even had it for less than Super 7. Shipped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was so when you bought yours, now I felt pressured to do it because I so I hadn't gotten it. And <laughs> and when they when they first started releasing those photos and everyone was going nuts, Brian had hit me up and he's like, bro, you call yourself a He-Man collector and, and you didn't get this. <laughs> Because I, I always call Brian the worst friend I've ever had because he will just like antagonize me to be like, oh, like you, you say you're a collector and you don't have this. Why don't you have this? You should yeah, buy yeah. this. Like, and that was like one of those things where like he was on me the whole time. Like, how did you not order this? What's wrong with you? Why wouldn't you <laughs> order this? And then you bought yours and, and Brian sitting next to me going. Do it, do it, get it, get it. And I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't. I, I couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger. And I'm like, you know what? 
It's not meant to be. I didn't I didn't have any classics. It really wouldn't make sense for me to have this. Yeah. But I mean, it's this thing is impressive. And I talked myself out of it that day. And then like a week later, I guess Entertainment Earth had had people that canceled their orders, their pre-orders. Yeah. yeah. So they had more come back into stock. And I just happened to be scrolling through Twitter as that t- they tweeted about it like 45 seconds before, just as I was going, I was like, that's figure fate, man. I got to do it. And yes. then I ended I ended up getting it for a really good price and it showed up at my door. And so I'm the proud owner of a, of a snake mountain super seven now. Well, and what's awesome about it is even though maybe you don't have the classics, but it scales so well with the origins figures. It does like really, that was the first thing I did when I got my origins figures was just put them all over that snake mountain because they look so good with it. Cause it's just that bigger scale with them on it. Yeah. It, I mean, it is, it is a, I mean, it was an ambitious idea and for the way they pulled it off. I mean, it is magnificent. It, it really is. Well, it's, it is in the literal like center place of the room under the TV. And every time I walk in here, I just take a moment and I'm like, Thank you, Joe Shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> so, all right, we've talked a little bit about toys. We've talked a, bit, a little bit about food. Um, and you know what? Actually, I want to go back to food because I've got, I do not often have the opportunity to talk about how much I love fast food. Ah, it's the best. I, uh, I, I've been in the, the, the major fitness challenge for the past year. So I don't eat a whole lot of fast food anymore, but dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I could eat nothing but fast food every day. I could eat McDonald's twice a day. I oh, easily, them. easily. I love their cheeseburgers, their double quarter pounder, their French fries, dude, all of it. I love it. And it's so like, I could never go to like what, what a fancy restaurant. I never need to go to one ever again. I can go no. to Wendy's and McDonald's and Hardee's and whatever. And I know like societally people will not admit out loud anything along those lines, but I think secretly most people are like, yeah, that would be fine. Oh, I absolutely. I think so. (laughs) I I think the thing with me too is, so I always had poor eating habits from when I was a kid. Um, Both my parents worked multiple jobs. So a lot of times when it came to dinner, it was like, okay, we're ordering a pizza because it was, it was quick. It was easy. And both of them worked two jobs or, or, and then had to shuttle me to practice or a school function or whatever it was. So it was like, all right, we're picking up happy, happy meals for everybody. And you know, that, that was just it. And so I never really had, um, nutritionary discipline like ever. Right. Right. So to me, it's like almost second nature to just be like, you know what? I'm going to grab a, a big Mac combo tonight or, you know, Oh yeah. You know what? Give me a big Mac combo and two McChickens and uh, give me an extra fries too. Like, you know, like, why not? Like, let's go nuts. I want to break it down. I want to decide. I want to hear from you. Uh Oh, fast food wise, best burger, best chicken (laughs) sandwich, best. Well, okay. Best is not the right word because honestly, I don't, I don't even really believe in the concept of best. I believe in the concept of favorite. Yes. Like anybody can talk about it. It's all subjective. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So favorite fast food burger for you. Like if you, if you, if there was one burger that you were like, this is the one I'm going to have to stick with. 
okay favorite fast food burger the burger i find to be tougher than anything because it's just there are so many different styles of burger where it's like okay do you go like a classic like a mcdonald's cheeseburger is that you know maybe it's the best of like the basic cheeseburgers right right um, but like what about it like a more dressed up burger like do you get something like a, a western uh bacon cheeseburger from hardy's you know something with a little more uh, a little more razzle dazzle on it um i think for a burger and and like this is this might be a, a category unto itself i love a white castle slider now this is where our regional differences come in i have never i'm in georgia okay so just you're a crystals outside, guy just out right exactly and I haven't had Crystal in years because Crystal, for me, growing up, was uh, go out, you party. Crystal's open, at and it was your drunk food at the end of yes. the night. Absolutely, yes. that was White Castle with us. Like I don't think I've ever even had Crystal when I was sober. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's for for that end of the night, four a.m. party food. That's it's Crystal, man. Absolutely, but it's. Uh, like basic cheeseburger wise. So if we're talking the basic, like bot, not bottom, but like you go yeah. into Wendy's and you just ask for a cheeseburger or McDonald's or whatever. I'll tell you right now, I don't think anything can beat the McDonald's cheeseburger. Oh, I see. I, I, that would not be at the top of my list. Really? Okay. I, I would have Burger King above them. I would have Wendy's above oh, them. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think uh, in and out. I think in and out is a good cheeseburger. Never even seen one. Yeah. Um, whenever I, whenever I, I travel, whenever I I'm somewhere, I always like, I'm always Googling, okay, where can I eat? Where can I yeah, eat? Yeah. Um, and so like in and out was something I had heard about for years. And then finally I was out on the West coast and I think I was in San Diego and I was like, all right, we got to go have in and out. And I've heard all about the double, double and the animal style, this and whatever, uh, in and out was a, was a good burger. Their fries are absolute trash. Oh, they no. Are, they are, are probably, they? they're just like, I mean, it's like eating cardboard. Oh, they are the absolute worst things I have ever put in my mouth. And that says a lot. And you can take that to mean anything <laughs> you want. Uh, in and out fries are <laughs> trizash. Wow. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Okay. My, in my worst French fries to me that, that I've had anyway. Mm -hmm. are wendy's old french fries really not the current ones that well mm -hmm. i say current they probably introduced them like 15 years ago but i actually i want to i because i want to say it was about 10 years ago was it about they, 10 okay yeah okay. they made like a big deal it was like the new cut with the sea salt and, yeah, yeah yeah which i love those they're not my favorite fries but i love them but yeah, Wendy's old fries i just i didn't even get fries when i went to wendy's and that's insane because i cannot go have a fast food meal without fries no it's it's like part of the whole experience yes. you get a burger and fries or sandwich and fries yeah um i'll tell you what my favorite fries and these do not get the respect they deserve nathan's nathan's <laughs> crinkle cut fries they are just stupendous well okay nate no nathan's isn't the that's carl's i was thinking nathan's was the hardy's offshoot but that's nathan's carl's. is the hot dog place oh okay again don't even have it here interesting wow. okay so my i go back and forth depending on what's the last thing i had because my my two contenders 
are Arby's curly fries. Okay. And Checkers fries. Okay. Love Checkers fries, but Arby's curly fries sometimes, if they're not done, are horrible. Like it's like gotcha. raw potato with yes. like the seasoning on it. So if that's like if the last time I had Arby, Arby's curly fries, one of them wasn't done, they're not my favorite. Yeah, obviously they take totally they, they take a step down the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have Arby's a lot as a kid. I actually just had Arby's the other day. I've been doing a whole series of chicken sandwich reviews lately. I, I know, know, I know. I I, I don't know I'm what into got it. into me. It was just I saw that McDonald's had put out a bunch of new chicken sandwiches, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go order all of them. And then uh, I'll put a, a video. And then the next day I was like, oh, you know what? Like Burger King has a new chicken sandwich. And th- this person has a chicken sandwich. And then I had never had the Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich because when it came out and it was causing all that big hullabaloo, yeah. people were getting murked from standing online. Like they were, you, people were getting mugged for chicken sandwiches. Right. And like, and like, you know, I, I can see you. You could see me. Like I'm cute. Like I can't afford to get beat up over a chicken sandwich. <laughs> you can't get that money maker messed up. No, absolutely not. Like so. <laughs> so I had to bide my time until it was safe to go to the Popeyes. And then when I finally did, that thing was outstanding. Really? It's yes. that good. Okay. So I I am a huge fan because typically, if I'm going to a fast food place, I'm getting a burger. It's really mm. hard for me to get anything else. Like I I. I want a burger. Like, I don't want a chicken sandwich. I don't want a fish sandwich. I don't want whatever else. But I'm a huge fan of Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, my God. That was when that was introduced. And I want to say it was the early 90s when that first came out. That felt like, oh, my God, boys, we did it. We made it to the future. We have a spicy chicken sandwich. Dude, it was I would it was to the point where I would choose that over Chick-fil-A. And I love a Chick-fil-A. See, I didn't have I, I like I grew up in New York. I live in Florida now, so I've been down here for a while and I I get the Chick-fil-A uh, right. you know, loyalty now. Yeah, yeah. But like at the time I'd never heard of Chick-fil-A. And when like the Wendy's thing, I mean, that was like and Wendy's wasn't like everywhere. So like you kind of had to go oh. out of your way to get a Wendy's. So it was like an occasion. It was like it was almost like you you had to do good on a test or something. Like <laughs> it, it, and my mom would reward me with a spicy chicken sandwich. And then but that thing like at the, for the time it, I, that was a game changer. And, well, uh, and it was Wendy's another thing about Wendy, the old Wendy's, the Wendy's mm-hmm. that had the french fries I couldn't stand. They also used to put way too much mayonnaise on everything. Really? Hmm. I that was my when I was a kid, I never wanted because I'm not a fan of mayonnaise. Okay. I like a, I like a little bit of it on that spicy chicken sandwich. Other than that, I can pretty much do without mayonnaise entirely in my life. But when I was a kid, that was the big reason I never wanted because my dad was a Wendy's guy. That's okay. all he wanted. But I I they would just glop it on there to the point mm-hmm. where you pick the burger or whatever up. And, and it's all like, yeah, out the, oh, just too much, too much. See, and that might've uh, been a local thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, like obviously McDonald's was number one, you know, and still is, but Roy Rogers was a big thing. Roy Rogers oh, yeah. felt like it was right up there with Burger King for number two at the time. Oh, wow. And every, every now and then like Burger King would come out with uh, like, I remember they did like a Thundercats, promotion you get like special thundercats cups and they had little toys in their oh, kids meals wow so like yeah like that was um 
like then I'd be like, Mom, you you don't understand. We have to go to Burger King like now. Like, <laughs> but Roy Rogers, it just felt like if from my memories, and I know like obviously this is biased because it's you know based off my memory and my nostalgia. Roy Rogers and McDonald's always felt like they were everywhere. So uh, having Roy Rogers, um, I loved the roast beef sandwich, and they had the double R bar burger, which was uh. Just a, a, a regular burger with like ham and like it was just like oh, wow. it wasn't like anything too ridiculous, but it just like it stuck out. So Roy Rogers was a big thing to me. And speaking of fries, too, they were the first ones I remember that had curly fries. So the, you you could have the option of having regular like steak cut fries or curly fries. And when they introduced like those spicy curly fries, I was like, holy smokes. Like, I can't believe we live in a time this advanced. <laughs> Dude, curly fries are so awesome because they're they're delicious. They're fun. Yeah. Like they're just fun to eat. And you you get the the box of the curly fries. And you got a couple sitting on top that are just like a C. You get a couple that are like a full O. When you, you get, get the one there, that's the full spiral. Oh, man. Unbelievable. It's, it's the best. And you're and like. The thing with Roy Rogers, too, was they put their fry box was shaped like a gun holster. What? Because, <laughs> yes. Awesome. Because Roy Rogers was a cowboy. Right, right, so right. It actually even had the, like the belt loop where you could like put it on your belt and oh just like pick gosh. fries off your waist. So like as a kid, like. Who doesn't want a gun holster full of French fries? Best. Oh, my gosh. I'm Googling Roy Rogers. I'm, I'm familiar with it. But again, we mm. don't have them down here. So, so when when the boys did um, when the major pod did live six in Baltimore, that was back in November. Um, I was going to make the trip. And the first thing I thought of when they announced it, I'm like, wait a minute, Baltimore. I think there's a Roy Rogers in Baltimore. <laughs> So the day of their live show, they were like going over everything. And they're like, uh, and, I, and I said to them, I was like, hey, you guys need me for anything? And they're like, no, you know, we're good. Like, why are you going to the gym or something? I'm like, no, I'm about to go take a 40 minute drive to Roy Rogers. Like, so I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> and like, I remember like just looking at me like, is he serious? And like, I picked up my camera, went to Roy Rogers and like filmed myself in the parking lot. Just I, I ordered every sandwich I could remember, the double R bar burger, the roast beef sandwich. And then the Gold Rush Chicken Sandwich, which is spectacular. If you could ever get a Gold Rush Chicken Sandwich from Roy Rogers, I highly recommend it. So they're having this event at this place. This was the one at the seafood place, right? That's correct. Jimmy Seafood. So Jimmy Seafood, this, this renowned yes. seafood <laughs> place that everybody loves. And you're like, yeah, but I got to get the Roy Rogers. Well, we actually, the night before we went out for dinner at Jimmy's. So then the day of, yeah, we're going back to Jimmy's, but I'm like, I gotta have Yo. lunch. I, yeah, well, I got to have lunch and, and second lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you know, like, that's great. Like I'm going to Jimmy's. I know I'll be there, but like, I don't know when the next time I'll get Roy Rogers is because yeah. there's yeah. very few of them left. And the majority of them that at least I know of are like at highway rest stops. If you're in the Northeast, mm. like I know there's one at like the Jersey Turnpike, right when you get into Jersey from New York. Then if you're going further north, there's one on your way, like right as you enter Massachusetts. But other than that, there's like no real standalone Roy Rogers restaurants. So I, I had the opportunity. I was like, I have to seize this while I can. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If you're traveling, man, you got to take it all in. This is this is the dumb thing me and my dad did. Uh when I graduated high school, my parents took me on a trip to Europe. Not like hey, you're going with some of your friends to Europe, mm-hmm. but we as a family are going to Europe. <laughs> Which so, was yeah, awesome. like there, there was no was stops great. at Club Vandersex when no, you went to your parents. No, no, we went to Amsterdam, <laughs> but we did not see Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it says free t shirt with flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my dad and I, though, made a point of eating at a McDonald's in every country that we went to. <laughs> I, I went to Italy like as, I had a, as a high school trip. I think I was like junior. And that was like the first thing I did was go to Italian McDonald's. <laughs> you got to see it. You got to know. And the only thing I ordered, because it was the only thing I could pronounce on the menu, was large fries. So I, I went up and I was like, I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't pronounce cheeseburger. I don't want to sound like an <laughs> idiot. I can't pronounce chicken. I don't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> This girl behind the counter is kind of cute. I don't want her to think less of me. So I just I was like, I'll just I'll just order multiple large fries. And so <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go up there and be like, uh, due patatine grande per piacere. <laughs> did they have uh I think it's Italy? Did they have Beverly? Isn't that the Italian soda? Do you um, know what I'm talking about? I do not know what that is. When I was there, it was Coca-Cola was coca-cola like right, that right. hasn't changed but the other big soda was fanta orange fanta, fanta. okay okay i i may be wrong that it's italian but there is a soda produced by the coca-cola company called beverly oh, i gotta look um, into this and here in atlanta we've got the world of coke yes it's like a museum you go to and you see the history of coca-cola but then at the end they have cokes from around the world like all these different products that are made in different countries so there's like ginger coke and all this crazy stuff and i believe beverly is italian and it tastes like a household cleaner but it's like wherever it's from if it's not italy and i apologize to our italian listeners if i'm wrong i'm sure there are lots of you out there (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's it's like the biggest soda in whatever country it's from and it's the worst thing i've ever had it's it's absolutely revolting it's like no you're right it is italy okay okay that's what i thought that's what i thought so yeah beverly if you ever have the opportunity to taste test beverly don't I've never I'm looking at the logo and stuff now I've this I've never even seen so Dude, now I feel like I have to it's crazy you know and this is on the same day where Pepsi announced that they're going to be making a peeps flavored soda oh so, gosh I saw that oh dude I the don't... amount of people that messaged me slid into my DMs or whatever <laughs> the case may be the amount of people that took time out of their day today to message me and say hey Will you be making a video about this Peeps flavored Pepsi has completely like caused me to pause and like reevaluate my existence? No, you got to <laughs> get it now. You got that's a, a, like you said, that's your brand. That's yeah. The, uh, the only problem with this is it's not like going to be a retail release yeah, or right. anything. It's, it's going to be you tough have to, to get. win it through a giveaway. And oh, gosh. It, well, you, you got to try. And if you get it, you know you've got to do a setup where you have like six cans of that and like three boxes of peeps. Oh like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You we, we, you got to make this happen. Oh I, man. I, yeah, I have to at this point. When whenever anyone like sends me a request or like, hey, what do you think of this? I I feel like a like I owe it to them to go out and try it if I haven't already. 
you know, if you're, if you're going to support me and support what I'm doing and, and take an interest in it, then, you know, it, the least I could do is give you the type of content you want. Right. Like, of I mean, course, it's not like I'm not going to eat lunch anyway. <laughs> and well, and that's the thing is all of its content. Yes. Yeah. If, if even one person wants to see it, chances are a few more people want to see it too. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm finding out. And it's fun. It's fun for me to do. And I'm like, even last week I did a, uh, a live stream where I tried out the pizza hut, Detroit style pizzas. Yeah. And you know, I not like I had an overwhelming audience, but I had an active audience, people who yeah. were chatting, you know, back and forth. So we had like a really good time with it. And all that stuff is just fun, especially, you know, in, in a time where it's been a year and a lot of us still don't want to go out or don't feel comfortable or whatever the case is, you know, so to have something to do and, you know, it basically is like hanging out. Like I, I haven't seen some family in over a year. I haven't seen a lot of my close friends in over a year, but I get to hop online and eat pizza and basically have dinner with a bunch of strangers who are, you know, chatting back and forth about the benefits of meat pizza or extra cheese, you know? So <laughs> it makes for a good time. Well, and everything you do like that, even if you don't, and, and this, this is something I have to tell myself constantly, you know, even if I don't get the downloads, I think I'm going to get, or I don't get the response. I think I'm going to get everything is another little piece of, of uh, product of something that you've made, something that you've done. Like it's, it's all, it all accumulates. So at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? I've accomplished something. You know, it's funny. I shouldn't say it's funny, but you're, you're hundred percent right. And when I look at stuff, like even like me eating a chicken sandwich. Well, you know what? I took the time to set up my lights. I took the time to film it. I took the time to edit it, make sure my audio was good, make a thumbnail image that could go on the YouTube. Like this is all stuff I had to learn. You know, I had to learn how to edit video like on my own, just because, you know, when you do something, you have a specific vision in mind for how you want it to look or how you want it to sound. And I want to do stuff to the best of my ability. If I like, I had a podcast for about four years, which was just like general pop culture. And it wasn't like, you know, I think maybe we were doing about a hundred or 150 downloads a week, which was cool, but obviously like, I'm not getting rich off that, but there's a certain quality of audio that I needed to have for myself. Even if no one listened to it, if I'm going to put it out because I know how I am when I listen to podcasts. And if, if someone tells me to listen to a podcast and I do and like right off the bat, the audio is bad or it sounds like you're in a garage with an echo, or I'm shutting it off. Yep. So just something as simple as that, like I needed to have for myself, you know, where I'm, it's something I can be proud of that. Like, Hey, I did this, you know, and not be embarrassed to, to show my, my friends or, you know, my mom watches my eating videos. She doesn't get them. Like she's, <laughs> she sits there and she goes, I cannot believe People will watch this. People just have so much time on their hands that they will just sit there and watch you eat. And I'm like, well, I'm quite entertaining at eating. <laughs> That's great. You know, but it's, it, it is anytime you create something, anytime you do something, you want to be proud of it. And, you know, for lack of a better term, like each and every one of those videos is, you know, like a little child. And whenever <laughs> I get some kind of feedback or someone leaves a comment and, you know, like I love like going in and responding to that comment and having that person follow me on Twitter or whatever. 
and starting a conversation. Like, like I said today, even with that Pepsi peep soda, I was getting messages from people I know, but there were a lot of people who I've never met before. And that's, you know, that's where I feel like I'm kind of growing a little bit, you know, and obviously it helps, you know, to have an association with the major pod guys because people find out about me because I have a famous friend, you know, for, for lack of a better term. Um, but more people have been, you know, hitting up my socials and following my YouTube. And for those people who are entertained by that stuff, like it's, it's very cool for me. So it, it, it motivates me more to keep producing stuff. Well, and the, the famous friend thing is great, but you've, you've got something to offer. So people are sticking around. Like a famous friend doesn't do you any good if yeah. you don't have a hook yourself. So that I mean that's that's it right there. And you've got people saying it's peep soda, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And that stuff's so affirming. Like when you get that random person that's like, Hey, are you gonna do this? And you're like, I don't even know who this guy is, yeah. but yeah, I'm gonna do that. You know what? And it's it's just that validation that you know what, like I'm I'm okay. Like, you know, maybe I'm not getting a million views, but I'm doing okay. And even like when I was still actively wrestling, like I got to do a lot of really cool stuff in wrestling that when I first started out seemed like pipe dreams, you know, got to wrestle guys who I used to pay money to go see. And like, I, my favorite wrestler of all time was the honky tonk man from when I was a kid and I got to wrestle the honky tonk man. Like that's the kind of stuff like I never thought was possible. And then even a few years back, I wasn't really wrestling that much, but I got booked on a show in Tampa and Scott Hall was there and Scott Hall was watching all the matches and like running, like he was almost acting like an agent. Like he was really into the show and, and giving guys feedback and stuff. And after my match, he, he was already talking to the guy I had wrestled and he, and like, I come through the curtain and he grabs me and he looks at that guy and he goes, the problem you made was you didn't listen more to him because he is great. And I'm like, this ah. is Scott Hall. One of the most, influential people in the history of the wrestling business when you really break it down yeah you know with the jump to wcw and the contracts and all that stuff like we're talking about one of the most influential people in the business and he just told me i'm great like and it's just like you know what i'm, I'm not going to be on wrestlemania tomorrow but like scott hall thinks i'm great and that's <laughs> and what then, you got that's yeah. you, you gotta take moments like that and appreciate them for what they are you absolutely you can't, you can't sit and think like Oh, I wish I was doing this, or I wish this would happen for me, or whatever. You got to take those great things like that. Which, granted, Scott Hall telling you you're great is pretty great. I mean, it was, and then I took him out for karaoke. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I sang "Jump in the Line" by Harry Belafonte from Beetlejuice. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's like my go-to karaoke tune. Oh, that's fantastic! And then, so it was me, Scott. Uh, my buddy Pete Cool, and then another wrestler named Damian Darling from New Jersey, and Damian and Scott were were cool, so that's why Scott was kind of hanging out with us. And as I'm up there singing karaoke, and I had a broken rib, I broke my rib in that match oh, at, at, that night, so like I could barely breathe and whatever. But I'm like, yo, I'm I'm going out to karaoke with Scott Hall. Like I'll go to the hospital later. Um, so I'm singing my song and and like. I, I have a, a decent stage uh, presence at, at local karaoke bars, at least. <laughs> and even then, Scott, Scott looked over to my boy, Damien, and Damien told me this story later. He was so pissed because Scott put me over instead of him. 
But Scott looks at Damien and goes, yo, this kid is a star. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, it's like one of those six to midnight moments. Like, yeah, Scott Hall, like said I'm a star. Like, this is great. That's awesome, man. Oh, that's great. And see, that's if you don't say yes to things, if you don't get out there and just try stuff out, things like you're going to miss out on things like that. No, so many people are, are hamstrung by the fear of failure. And, and I get it because even, even when I was younger, like something as simple as like talking to a girl or like trying to ask someone out on a date, like that could be terrifying because yeah. if they say no, like they're actively choosing like, no, like you're not good enough. You're not what I like. You're, you know, and no one wants to be told that, you know, like you're not good enough, right? You apply for a job and you don't get that. Maybe you really wanted that job. Maybe it was a dream job and you don't get it. Or, you know, like you don't even get an interview and you're like, wow, like what is it about me that's wrong? But if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't try, like nothing can ever happen. Like, you, you know, you're, you're basically disregarding yourself. You know, you're not giving yourself that opportunity to do anything that you enjoy doing or that you want to enjoy doing. Well, that's what uh, until probably, let's see, until I was almost 30, I didn't get that. I, I was definitely that guy hamstrung by fear. I never yeah. wanted to hear no. I never wanted to be turned down for it. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't even handle the idea that I wouldn't like succeed or, yeah, they, or you know, whether it was a, a girl or a job or whatever. Absolutely. There, there's almost like a, like an internal panic attack Yes, where, yes. where it becomes almost acceptable to like you, you take it upon yourself and you say, you know what? I'm okay with not doing this because then it means like, they can't tell me no. It's better to avoid. Yeah. It's better to not to know than to, be, than to be turned down. And, and finally, eventually I got to the point where I realized, you know what? It's not that I'm not good enough. It's that I'm not what that person wants. Yeah. But there are lots of other people. There are lots of other things. And you just got to be, I don't know. I, I, I read this article years ago about this guy who had his kids constant, like not constantly, but like when they went out, he would specifically have his kids go ask for things they knew they wouldn't get, like Mm -hmm. go to McDonald's and say, Hey, can I have that cheeseburger for free? And obviously they're going to say no. Like he put his kids in situations where they take them out of the comfort zone. Right. And so they would get used to hearing no, so it wouldn't be such a terrifying thing for them. Cause that's that for me, that was it. Like hearing no was just like, Oh, fuck, I just failed. I screwed up. What did yeah. I do wrong? It was like almost like the Chris Farley, like, yeah. ah, I'm worthless. Ah, you know what I mean? And it, t- it took a long time for me to get out of that. And I, I hate I hate the thought that anybody is still is stuck there. And I know so many people are. Oh, absolutely. And I, I want to say the big thing for me, and I never was I never really had it that bad where I was afraid to do anything, but there were different situations where I would feel comfortable. And there were other situations where I definitely did not. And there, whenever I meet someone, I always say like, I'm an acquired taste. 
like no one really likes me upon meeting me. I guess I, I can come off very standoffish. I, you know, like I have like the resting bitch face thing going. <laughs> uh, but like, if you don't know me, like I don't feel comfortable really opening up right away. And that's something I've had to work on. But the, the thing that really helped me was, was being in pro wrestling because yeah. you can't go out there and be an introvert and expect a crowd to get behind you. Right. And when I started, so when I started wrestling, my name was just L shoes. It was my nickname in high school. And really I was just being myself. And then around 2008, I switched to a character called Maximus sex power. And the gimmick was that I was a fat ravishing Rick rude. And I came out in trunks and a, and a fake mink robe. And I would do the whole unveiling and the hip swivel and all that. And, uh, the name Max Maximus Sex Power came from, well, a company had asked me, you know, to do like a Buddy Rose type gimmick. And they said, we want you to change your name. And I, I couldn't think of a name. But then I remembered that when Homer Simpson wanted to change his name, the only thing he could spell was Max Power. Right, right. So I was like, well, can I be Max Power? And then I was like, wait a minute. It's got to be Maximus Power. No, wait a minute. It's got to be sex. Like sex should be my middle name. So that became <laughs> Maximus Sex Power. <laughs> But I would come out and do this unveiling and I was a fat guy wrestling in trunks and, you know, you know, I was like fully exposed for everyone to see and I was okay with it. And, you know, doing the hip swivel and just being what I thought Maximus sex power should be like one of my early things was I made a list of traits that I thought Maximus sex power should have. And one of them was like drinks rum. Like, I thought, like, this was a guy who drank like Captain Morgan would go out to the bar and, you know, and one of the other things was waxes his asshole. <laughs> so the day before <laughs> the first show I performed as Maximus Sex oh, Power, no. I made an appointment at a waxing place to get my butthole waxed. Whoa, live in the gimmick. I, well, you know what? Like I, I want to, I want to feel like I'm that character. Cause to yeah, me, yeah. to me, the most important part of a match is your entrance because especially on the Indies, you, you have to treat it like these people are seeing you for the first time. And it right. may be they the don't, only they don't time. know you. Exactly. They don't know you. you know, you know, it's not like I have the benefit of TV every week, you know, so I have to treat it. Like I want to be that character from the second I, I walk out the curtain, you should be able to know what I'm all about just based on my entrance. And so I went and got my butthole wax and, and brother, that was an egregious <laughs> error in judgment. There is, I mean, there have been times when I've been hurt and had broken bones or concussions or whatever. I don't know if anything ever stung more than having these tiny little hairs ripped out of my asshole. And it was one of the most painful things. And then like, I went home that day and I was doing the walk like Rob Lowe in Wayne's world after he got stuck by stuck by the <laughs> yeah, cop. Yeah. 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 And I was, I, I was like, I went, grab my list of Maximus sex power traits and just put a line right through the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I Max feel like there's no way you could possibly anticipate that specific kind of pain. It was just, I mean, you like I had waxed things before I'd gotten my eyebrows waxed or my back waxed or, so I'm like, oh, how bad can it be? It is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is terrible. Oh, my gosh. Woo. It's a very sensitive spot. Like, you know, like when people say they get tattoos and they're like, 
oh, you know, like the ribs hurts a lot. Well, that's a spot that doesn't get exposed to anything. So well, you don't really have a lot of sensations to understand what it feels like when you have something different affecting that region. And that's what having your butthole wax is like. Well, and that's actually a good comparison because um, it, it made me think of the fact I got the first tattoo I got on the back of my calf was a nightmare. And I, I already had stuff on the front of my leg. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, why is this so bad? And the, my artist at the time, who's a buddy of mine, fortunately. So he's the guy who's like, you're you're being kind of a weenie here, but it's cool because we're buddies. Like he wouldn't. Yeah. You know, he didn't give you shit for it. Um, he's like, well, have you, how many times have you banged your shin into something in your life? And I was like, I don't know, a bunch. He's like, how many times have you banged the back of your calf into something in your life? And I'm like, never exactly. Like, yeah. It's not conditioned to, it's like, uh, was it the, the UFC guys that like smack their shins with yeah bamboo or whatever it is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. They toughen up their, they toughen up that skin. They toughen right. up the bones. And so right. when they're delivering their kicks, it makes them stronger, but they know how to, they know what to expect. What right. Kind of, you know, right. and with that, like, I mean, now if you try a back kick with the back of your calf, you're going to be like, oh my God, why, why did I do that? Yeah. Not only is it awkward to look at, but now it hurts. So I think what we've determined here is that if you're going to go and get your butthole waxed in preparation, you need to just whack it with like a bamboo, bamboo yeah, stick yeah. a ton of times to get it ready. Get it, get it ready. Exactly. You need to prep your butthole <laughs> yes. with bamboo. Or- or if you're ever going to attack anybody with your <laughs> asshole, you've got to do the bamboo preparation first. That's that, uh, that Colt Cabana flying apple type <laughs> yeah, stuff. Right. Exactly. He must do that. That must be his thing. Maybe it is. Maybe like, like unbeknownst to everyone, Colt's been tra- training by hitting himself in the asshole I, with bamboo you, all these years. You've got to toughen it up, man. You've got you to be ready for that. Um, so we, I, I'm going to talk about the wrestling a little bit. And that was a good segue because... Uh, so as a kid, were you watching wrestling? Who were you watching? Like, at what point did you think, you know what? That's something I want to do. Um, as a kid, I got into, I was probably around six or seven years old. And I I remember a kid at school was like, Hey, do you watch wrestling? And I was like, no, like, what is that? And he's like, dude, it's, you got to watch it. It goes on this channel at this time on Saturday and Sunday, you know, the, the WWF superstars. And then I think wrestling challenge was the Sunday show. And I remember the first time I watched it, the first wrestler I ever saw was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And, you know, they would always open with like those wide crowd shots and they go, oh, welcome to Glens Falls, New York. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And, and Hacksaw was the first guy to come out. And I, it was just like um, an enhancement match, a jobber match. I don't know who he wrestled, but I remember like, like almost like instantaneously, like I was in, I was like, yo, this is awesome. So I was like super into wrestling, like right away. Um, my favorite guys, like I liked, I liked Hogan. He was never my favorite. I liked Macho Man. Uh, I appreciated Macho Man much more as I got older. Um, but like, I liked him then, but I didn't love the Macho Man. My guy yeah. was the Honky Tonk Man. I loved the Honky Tonk Man. I always loved gimmicks. I loved characters. I, you know, like the, uh, like I thought the Rockers were cool because they were like very different from everyone else at that time. Demolition, I thought were just completely kick ass. So like those were, the, you know, I grew up during that, that late eighties, you know, we're talking to probably about like 88, 89 was like, yeah. really like when I started getting hooked. So like WrestleMania, WrestleMania five was like the first one I can remember, like, oh my God, like this is going to happen. And then like 
uh, I had to get like a uh, VHS copy from some guy at school who had taped it off pay-per-view like the night before. But um, I all the stuff like before that, like my mom used to take me to the local video store and she'd be like, all right, you can get one video. You know, and it used to be like always like the Jetsons meet the Flintstones for like the 45th time. <laughs> right. Because even to this day, I love the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. It's what a great piece of American cinema. Well, and the thing is, like at the time, that kind of crossover was unheard of. Unheard of. And that's, Whoa. yeah, uh, absolutely unheard of. And they did such a good job with blending both worlds. Yeah. So that was yeah. like really, really good. But uh, then I got into uh, renting the old Coliseum home videotapes. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like, oh, I'd get WrestleMania 2 or Best of Hulkamania. Or, you know, I remember like getting WrestleMania 4 was like a big deal because it was two VHS tapes. It was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, we need this Butch Reed match, on, you know, like on the tape. <laughs> so uh, that was not- how I got into it. And then I, through that, was. Um, Obviously, I started getting the LJN figures were still at the time. I want to say they were probably at like series, maybe like four or something by that point. Okay. But like you didn't know, like as a kid, you didn't know what series or what wave you were up to. Dude, you just I miss, knew what was on the shelf and what wasn't. I miss so much the uh, just walking into the store and finding new stuff, not having any idea. Yep when new things were coming out or what was not caring like what was in a wave or well yeah but when when we were ki- i say when we were kids i think i'm a little bit old i was born in 76 so i'm i think i'm, I'm 80 older but yeah yeah so about the same but like w- when we were kids they kept figures in production too like you could always buy that one Luke Skywalker, you yes. could always buy like the main, like there wasn't any, if I don't get to the store and get it, it's going to be gone. Correct. Which is, which is why not to get off on any kind of a tangent, but just real quick, which is why I, I like Mattel's top picks because they're keeping the big guys in stock. Yes. Like I know people complain about like, every time I walk in the store, I see AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. That's good. Cause when I was a kid, I would have wanted AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like I'm into that, and I wish more toy lines would do that. Like I, wish- I mean, I think you see it now with um, like Masters of the Universe. Obviously, like He Man and Skeletor. He Man and Skeletor and are the only totally ones you them. can find. Yep. And and but that also causes problems. Um, I collected the the 2000X Masters of the Universe yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, that was. And they basically killed the line from the overproduction of He Man and Skeletors, and then you couldn't find anyone else. But I think that this is being done in a different way because what it what it seems like to me is that that he-man and skeletor is one skew and one case mm-hmm. and then the other figures are a separate like row of pegs separate skew and they're they're moving in and out yes whereas so, back in the day the 2000x everything was coming out of the same case yeah so and like 10 he-mans and eight skeletors in a case with and then one orca right, yeah exactly right, right right so and and what i from what i gather just from like i buy a lot of stuff off big bad toy store now yeah i love and them i love it, them yeah they're great and it doesn't look like he-man and skeletor are considered part of any singular wave no. they're just they exist in their own realm well i think with, they're their top picks yeah, exactly 
So like wave one, like if you order wave one of Big Bad Toy Store, you get the Tila, you get um, Evil Lynn, Beast Man, and uh, what's the other one? Man at Arms? It might be Man at Arms. Was he, so you, yeah, you, I think he was. You get those four, but you don't get He-Man and Skeletor. Right, right. He-Man and Skeletor are just like on their own island, you know, popping through because if you're just getting into this line and a spot, and I hope more people do get into it as the new cartoon gets ready to come out, obviously like masters of the universe is my number one, like fandom. So obviously I want to support, but you need those he-man and skeleton, you know, toys at heart. Like we forget cause we're spoiled. And as toy collectors, you, you become entitled. Yeah. You yeah. know, like so much, you know, um, Smart Mark uh, and I did a uh, unboxing with Ravishing Robert from Mattel with the masters of the WWE universe line. And that was like exactly what I was telling him. I was like, you know, like, I know this is on me because as a master's fan, I feel very close to the product because as far back in my memory as I can go, I have been a masters of the universe fan. Some of my earliest, earliest memories are masters of the universe because I was probably three years old when that cartoon the filmation cartoon first came out yeah so that, i mean how far back can i remember like one of my earliest memories is going to radio city music hall to see the power tour show and and they unleashed stone dar and rock on and i thought oh my god they have rocks they have rock <laughs> people like what a world like, this is phenomenal but because of that like like I'm not on the team. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, it's like being a sports fan where you're like, you talk about it like, oh, well, we won the Super Bowl. Like, my but, man, you didn't you didn't do shit, but like But it is like that because without and, and that's where the line gets blurry. And I think we as the customers have to sort of understand like these guys did what they did to get into the position where they're making the decisions, they're running the yeah. line, whatever. We did what we did to be lifelong fans and to exactly appreciate that that's i think that's the issue and and not just with toys but with movies with tv shows with oh absolutely I, I mean is i think we need to get to a better spot where we're appreciating what we're getting rather than regretting not getting what we're expecting correct or what so we like, think we deserve yeah right right so like people it's crazy to me. I love the origins line. We're not going to get too deep into it because we got a whole episode coming up on it, but I love the origins line. I love the colors. I love the fact that they're toys. Yes, right? very much so. But then, and, and I'm, so I'm just in love with this line. And then I go online and I see people complaining about like the face sculpts and like the colors. And I'm like, you guys, this is, this line is what it is. If you don't like it, then you know, just don't, don't get it. But like, what, what, what is to be gained from being like, I can't believe they gave Skeletor this crazy O face, which by the way, I love the face on the basic I, Skeletor. I, I thought it was good too. I had no problem. I, now I will say the, the original He-Man head sculpt. Not great. Not good. I'm not going to lie, but it's one of those things where it's like, I it's I get it. It's the first He Man they've done. Yes, get a lot more He Mans. Exactly, so, and and the, the, the He Man already made exactly up for it. the interchangeable head on the battle armor yes. He Man so much better. So yeah. like, shut up and and deal with it. Right. The one thing that blew my mind was I get the battle cat. I open up the battle cat. I have an unboxing up. You know, like real time reaction. And I'm look. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I'm looking at. The eyes painted on the helmet. I'm like, yep. this adds so 
much in personality in like just those eyes that stupid little thing like those eyes added so much and then when i popped the helmet off and i see the articulation on the jaw which was something i would have never expected or hoped for but then i have it and i'm like this is so cool and then i go online and everyone's like oh well it's got no ankle articulation so it's a no-go for me you're crazy. You're out of your mind. What are you doing with this? Because this is a, was it 25 or 30? I think it was 25. I think it was 24.99. Yeah. 25 bucks for this battle cat. That's a billion times better than the battle cat that was around when we were kids. Oh my God. That battle cat has nothing. No, it's a statue. Yes. And we've got this great, like, look, I I've got the classics battle cat and it's beautiful, but like, I paid twice as much for that. Exactly. This and is a this retail release. A great toy. I thought it was like I having it in my hands and being able to move the tail and the, the jaw articulation. And it bends at the, you know, there is articulation on the legs, but the fact that there was no ankle articulation was driving it's people crazy. nuts. And I'm it's going crazy to me. You, you have, this is 2021 and we are getting masters of the universe figures and GI Joe at, G.I. Joe Masters of the Universe at retail. At, you can walk into a store and find two of the most giant staples of your childhood sitting on a shelf. Like, like the nostalgia that comes to me every time I walk in and see a He-Man figure it's on a beautiful. shelf. It's beautiful. amazing. And yep. I can't help but smile every time. And you want to complain about ankle articulation Ankles? on a battle cap? Look how much they gave you. It's it's craziness. It's craziness. I'm glad you brought up that battle cat because I think that that was the unboxing video I watched where you talked about how you were an MOC guy, men on card guy. Oh, that's actually the He-Man one. Oh, is it the He-Man one? It okay. was. We have to talk about this because <laughs> I remember watching this video and you're talking about your heart breaking because you're opening it up, but you gotta you gotta open it up. You gotta see. Yeah. And now though. You're opening stuff up left and right. Yeah. Wait, so uh, where did you, where did your, cause I've, um, all my life, I've been an open it up guy. I've, or let him breathe, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I want to get them in my hands. I want to pose them. I want to see how, if it's a NECA toy, I want to see how fast it's going to be for me to break it. If it's a, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I want to, I want to pose it. I want to play with it. But, Every once in a while, there's something that the packaging is really awesome, or maybe I want to Absolutely. get it signed or whatever that I'll leave it in the box. But for the most part, everything I've got is just out and open. But you, you said that you were at I'm heart very much a mint on card guy. Where did your sea change come in? So I'm trying to think. Probably I mean, the late around 90s. the time of that. Oh, okay, okay, go well, ahead. Well, sorry, well sorry. here's here's the thing. Probably the late '90s. Um. I had gotten out of wrestling for a while. And then like when the attitude era kicked in, I went full bore back into wrestling. Yeah. Buying up everything. And at that time I was collecting everything mint on card and I was, it was wrestling and Kenner starting lineup figures for me. And I would keep everything mint on card because I'm like, Oh, value value. Like, and I thought it was Uh, cool. Okay. I thought it was cool because I had a buddy from high school who the first time I like went to his house to hang out, he was a wrestler. He became like my wrestling friend in high school. So the first time I went to his house, he had like probably like the last three or four series of Hasbro WWE figures mint on card and like 
hanging on the wall oh. with like push pins. And that was like something I had never considered like to have that kind of display. So when I saw him have that, I was like, whoa, like that's, that's awesome. Like, so basically from then on, I wanted, I wanted to keep everything mint on card for, for not only value, but because I thought the idea of displaying like that hanging wall display yeah, of yeah. figures looked so cool. Then 2000 X He-Man comes out. And my thing is, oh, these are like new. They're never going to be worth anything. So let's open them up and set it. So I had like this. And, and you weren't totally wrong. No, they, they are still starting pretty to pick affordable. Up. Yes, they're still pretty affordable, but they are recently starting to pick up. Well, and specific characters, too, are, are absolutely up. like that. That repackage with the snake men uh, packaging yeah, has yeah. gone through the roof. And then the blood red Skeletor I see is a big one now. But at that time, I was just like, oh, no one is ever going to these are never going to be worth anything. So I would open them up and I it was the first thing I ever like set a display for. Yeah. So I had my Castle Grayskull and then I had my Panthor, my Battle Cat. I'd set the scene with the heels coming from this side, the baby faces on the other side. And then I'd get like a little weird, like I'd get like a Rob Van Dam figure and just like kind of slide him into the mix <laughs> for no reason. And I'd be like, whose side is he on? <laughs> but, uh, and then um like once i like that was like the one thing because i was like oh this will never be worth anything whatever then i got out of collecting almost like as a whole for a while because i had moved i had basically sold everything i ever owned and i had nothing and with um i started uh, i started buying uh, funko pops because i thought funko pops were a cheap way to collect all of my fandoms yeah and yeah. all have the same scale you know john cena can hang out with skeletor who can hang out with robocop who can hang out with blanche from the golden girls yeah yeah what a, what a time so I, that was like my way because it was cheap it was affordable and i could have all the characters i never thought once again i go back to this financially i never thought i would be in a position to collect like real stuff or go back and buy vintage he-man and whatever so then like more and more i start like hanging out with fucking brian <laughs> like oh but don't you need this and don't you need this and i'd buy like a little something here or there like i'd buy like a, a the super seven he-man and skeletor two-pack you know that they were doing on the filmation base i'd be like oh you know what that looks really cool and i i have like a cool little he-man and skeletor so i just have that put it to the side i, I love she-ra so i buy the she-ra and hordak one then i start buying the uh masters masters reaction figures that super seven did and i those i i, I love the packaging on them the artwork that's done because even as a kid the artwork on the masters packaging was a huge selling point yeah. You'd walk down that aisle of Toys R Us. You'd see something like Castle Grayskull and the battle scene taking place. And right away, like it's in your head how to play with these things. Yeah. And, you know, who can who should be fighting, who who's matched up. Like even on the box, you see He-Man and Skeletor matched up with each other, like paired off. And then like Fisto's in the background, like going at it with Clawful. Well, and that's a huge part of why the origin stuff is so appealing, because uh that I just opened the land shark up the other day. I just got mine, dude. the 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 art is gorgeous. Yep. But then you look at it, and you've got like uh, Fisto and Trapjaw, like yeah. little 
almost little Easter eggs in there of like, well, these guys are coming soon. Well, we know Trapjaw is already out, but like yes. Fisto, Fisto's on the way. Like just all the little things in the art that they're working in there. And on that land shark, the first thing I saw was like, oh, well, there's a snake mountain in the background. Yep. And would they put a snake mountain on this packaging if they didn't have plans for an origin snake mountain? I don't know. I mean, uh, a little birdie that I asked at Mattel uh, would you neither. Got it in. <laughs> he, well, now I do. I, it's it's funny, you know, like for having a famous friend, but now like I get to <laughs> I get to do like some cool stuff like out of the blue, which still is weird to me. But it is so like I and I I'm very thankful like I, I that I can have like a conversation with one of the caretakers oh, of my biggest fandom. And I, I did ask about that and he didn't say no. He didn't say yes. Sure. Sure. But he did say if they could find a price point that works and the line continues to do well, then it's definitely on the table. I would think that it's doing well because when I go into a store, everything looks pretty sold out to me, you yeah. know, except those they do have their He-Man peg and their Skeletor peg. The top, the top picks are always there. Yep. But the battle cat is always there. When when the new guy, when Ninjor and Triclops and and who Shira come in, they're gone quick. They're gone quick. I, I just got my uh, wave four in yesterday from um, Big Bad Toy Store. Is that Triclops and Ninjor? Triclops Ninjor. Just got mine today. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. When we're done, I think I'm gonna film them. Uh, it okay. So. It was them and Ram Man, but no Clamp Champ yet. Have you got Clamp Champ? Yet? I haven't gotten my Clamp Champ. Yet. I wonder if he's running a little bit behind because I think he was supposed to be with Ram Man in the same way. I, I thought so too. That He Man and Skeletor in the battle armor were together. Yeah. So, but when when this series started coming out, to get back to the original question, now that I've gone on a diatribe for that's what we but do. This, here. But this is just the way like my mind works and and how I've collected over the years. So. Up until this point, I had always been a mint on card guy. So I started buying the reaction figures because I felt like that would be it was cheap enough for me to go out and be a completist about it. Yeah. yeah. And have the cool artwork. But I never thought I'd get to the point where I could afford to do anything bigger or, you know, but then like you sit there and I'm watching people I know have these badass collections and these setups and I'm like, oh, my God. And it makes you itchy. And then like. Yeah. You start dipping your toe in the water a little bit and then a little more. And then it was like the first time I ever went into the VIP room at a strip club. <laughs> it sounds like absurd. Like, oh, my God, it costs how much? But then once you do it once, it be makes it that much easier. You're to like, do how do I go back? Time. How yeah. do I go back and sit why, out there? The why whole would time? I not go VIP from now right. on? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, like, I don't know if you uh, are a Danhausen fan. Okay, so I've only recently become aware of Danhausen. He I think he's spectacular. Ring of Honor put up um, like a video, a, a, a sort of quick "Who is Danhausen?" thing, yeah. and I was like, "What? What, what is?" Because I'm I'm such a dick. Every time I see something, and look, this is what makes no sense about me. I fucking love gimmicks. I love anything that's a gimmick. But anytime I see something that is clearly an over-the-top gimmick. My and my gut reaction is, what the fuck is this? Which is uh, and, so ridiculous. And you're not the only. That's wrestling fans as a whole. We're we're Th awful. You want new and you want different until someone gives it to you, and then you go, what the fuck is this? Right. I want. I, 
I want another Roderick Strong doing the same 15 arm drags. And I love Roderick Strong, but he's always going to be Roderick Strong. And sometimes I need a melted fiend. You know what I mean? So the the Dan Housen, the picture pops up and I'm like, I know how I am. I need to stop being a dick and look at this video. And I see the video of him like, I am very nice, but evil or whatever his deal is. And I was like, oh, this guy's great. I love this guy. Come on. He's he's the best. And he, the, his YouTube is great, too, because he's putting out all these videos of just him doing character work, especially with the quarantine, you know, where you couldn't go out and do shows every week. He was doing a ton of YouTube stuff. So there's like one recent one where all of a sudden, like, you know, Dan Housen's mission is just that he wants to be rich. And he, wa- he, he wants to be rich and famous and powerful and have enough money to buy a solid gold house and a rocket car. That's his, that's the Dan Housen mission statement. So if you've never seen Dan Housen, that's what he's about. And he's kind of a cross between Mr. Burns and Pee Wee Herman, yes, but he's a demon that, with, with, uh, for, for, uh, some strange King diamond, uh, corpse paint. Yes. <laughs> But he recently did this video where he's just sitting at like a card table with like wrapped stacks of money. And he's he's like, Dan Hansen has his millions of dollars. So now we go to Burger King. <laughs> and like the guy in the background's like, can I get onion rings? And Dan Hansen goes, look how rich I am. I don't care. You can all have onion rings. <laughs> and See, like, that's I, I mean, that's that's what I miss. I miss. It's we're in such a weird place with wrestling right now because uh, kayfabe is destroyed. Yeah, but like we need these characters. You were talking earlier about love and honky tonk man, and like when your kids, those gimmicks are what you latch on to. You don't latch on to. And like I said, I love Roderick Strong. I think he's a badass wrestler. But no kid is going to look at a Roderick strong match exactly. and be like, I love wrestling. Like it's yeah. just not even when I was wrestling and I'm Maximus sex power, fat ravishing Rick rude. And you have uh, an entire indie show full of Roderick strongs um, who listen and they're all talented and athletic. And, you know, I don't want to like shit on everybody, but at the same time, how do you differentiate any yes. of them? They're all wearing the same tights, the same haircut, the same beard, the same tribal tattoo, you know, and then I come out and be a fat guy who who does a hip swivel. And who when when that when that crowd leaves, who do they remember? Do they remember the 11 guys who did the exact same thing? Or do they remember the one fat guy who danced? Because I'll never forget one time going through TSA at the airport and the, the woman, the TSA agent looks at me. She goes, are you a wrestler? And I was like, yes, ma'am, I am. She goes, I knew it. I take my kids to the Elks Lodge every month. You're the boy who gets naked and dances. <laughs> and I said, awesome. that is exactly <laughs> who I am. That is me. That's on my business card. <laughs> I'm the boy who gets naked and dances. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, but obviously, like, she couldn't care less about wrestling, but it was something her kids enjoyed. She took them and that stood out to her. Yeah. You know, so yeah. when you're there, I mean, I'm just trying to put smiles on faces, you know? <laughs> And, and, and that's, I, I love, you know, I love me a good work rate match. I'm not going to lie, but man, you, you gotta have, you gotta have fun too. It can't be uh, knees to the face all the time. My, my thing is, I think a lot of that comes from the end of the attitude era where that's when being a smart fan really took hold because we yeah. were the first generation with the internet. 
Yeah. So everybody, everyone, every single, and I'm guilty of the same thing. Like, oh, fuck Stone Cold. All he does is punch and kick. Uh, yeah. uh, Chris Benoit should be the champion of, of everything. So all of us grew up thinking Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. And look, these guys are great. But now that whole generation, you know, became those guys. And meanwhile, now I'm sitting here going, man, I really miss Sid Vicious about now. Right, right. And, and you're not wrong. Like, that's, uh, it, it's funny. I, I'm a huge fan of Big E. Yeah. Love Big E. And he, a few months ago on their podcast, he, he just threw out sort of randomly like that he wanted a match with Goldberg <laughs> and that he loved big sweaty men slapping meat. And you know what? There's not enough of that. It's no. too much. And look, I love, like I said, I, I dudes that can work are awesome. But I also want to see two big jacked dudes or one fat dude and one jack dude yeah. just smacking the shit out of each other, but with some kind of personality attached, Correct, some kind yeah. of uniqueness, some kind of gimmick. Like when WWE brings Goldberg back, I'm not mad. I get it because he's fucking Goldberg. Yeah, I get it. Like no one's going to sit there and tell you Goldberg is, you know, like Dean Malenko. But but at the same time, he's fucking Goldberg, right? You nobody else is. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's there's a dozen dudes that can do all kinds of shit on the mat, and that can do that move that everybody does now, where they grab the rope and do the kick over the top rope or dive through the middle. It, I I could be die happy if I never again see anybody dive through the fucking middle ropes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Could we stop that? But like, if I see some big Jack dude screaming and yelling and slapping his chest and coming out ready to just pound somebody, yeah, give it to me. Absolutely. You know, and you know, it just, it's one of those things. It's, it's a generational thing. Just like, you know, back in the attitude era, you know, wrestling fans who were our age now, but back then, you know, thought everything then sucked and they liked it better the year before. And the generation then like every, you know, Remember Harley race was ruining uh, the business when he did a superplex. So <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You know, you know, wrestling changes, but the world stays the same. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the original question, which is now I saw everybody's collection all set up with being loose figures. Um, and I wanted to feel rich. I never thought I'd be able to of, of like afford, like really diving into it. And then it turned out like, you know what? Like, I keep playing this thing like I'm broke and I'm, I'm actually not like I'm actually doing okay. So I would dip in a little harder, a little faster. And then when origins came out, uh, my, I wasn't finding them in stores, but I would get lucky on the Walmart pre-order. Yes. And I, so yes. I was getting lucky on those and then they'd, you know, you'd have Walmart shipping and I'd open that box and the cards were like, the figures were just pushed yeah, in. The cards were yeah, bent yeah. in half. So I was getting all these figures that were mangled and I'm like, they would literally like fold the card, fold the card. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I, as a mint on card collector, I cannot no, no, under no circumstance. It's not like I bought some 40 year old figure. That's okay. It's got some wear to be expected. Like this is a brand new figure. I cannot keep this mint on card looking like this. No, no. So I decided, you know what? Like, 
I'm going to do some unboxing videos and just have fun with it. Not like I know how to do unboxing videos. Obviously, I've, I've watched yours. I've watched Brian do them. I've watched Pixel Dan, all these guys who who do them. And I'm like, well, no one's going to watch me because they already have the people that they go to for this stuff. But it, you know what? I'm having fun with it. And if people watch, they watch. And then I started holding these figures in my hand. And I'm like, man, this is cool to just... Right? figures in my hand again and then like i start thinking oh you know how i can display this i could do like this or maybe when the gray skull comes out i can i can make like a little setup where it's perched and i could i could buy like some some like astroturf or something and make like a thing around it that way they're fighting up a hill and i was like oh my god like am i a let it breathe guy now <laughs> and then one, once i started opening a couple i'm like well now i have to open them all yeah. like i i can't just have you know, three figures open and the rest like, <laughs> so I started opening everything, but I did make the one concession I did make to myself is that I will keep one of every He-Man and one of every Skeletor mint on card. So that's my nice. plan right now. But then I'll, I'll get something like, like the land shark, for instance, land shark comes in and the packaging, the artwork is spectacular. And I'm looking at it. I go, I don't really want to open this. Yeah, like I, I like I'm like, but you I'm, have to, you have but, to open it because, dude, I in in my I I think yeah, the review went up this week. Um, when you roll it and that jaw starts going, oh, uh, you have to open it. You got to so open now, it now. I do. It's, I mean, the, and I had trouble um throwing the box away. Oh, because, I believe it's easy. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't. I can't keep this box. I can't. And look, this is this is my stupid dilemma. I collect the Super Seven stuff, and you know their packaging is insanely beautiful. Yep. I, I right now I've got a stack almost as tall as me of freaking Super Seven boxes that I can't bear to throw out. <sighs> but I gotta. I, yeah. I have to. I can't keep yeah. these things. It's it's an issue, and uh, it's at some point like. You have to, you make cuts, you have yeah. to change the way you collect, you buy because like the only so much space and that be, it becomes a real thing. And that, that's one of like the saving graces with this or opening these origins for me is like, well, it takes up a lot less space. Yeah. You know, if I, you know, right now, like I'm kind of in the process of moving, so I don't really have too much displayed. So I'm just bagging and, and stashing for a while, but I just like, oh, the, um, the sky sled with Prince Adam, when I got that. That thing Dude. was so spectacular in the package that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to open this one quite yet. I'm going to order another one and then I'll keep whichever one looks better. But now I have to open one, you know, because I'm like, now I need a sky sled. But like I just holding that in my hand, I like the, the space artwork they did around it and everything. I was like, man, this is just so cool. And it's it makes me happy as, as a Masters fan because the artwork is so important and so integral yeah. to the. The, the the packaging and and the overall appearance and if, feel of the masters line if they hadn't nailed the artwork for the origins line i would not be as invested as i am in it oh 100 percent. No i way. agree no with way. that 100 percent. and pixel dan uh he's got a book coming out i think it's scheduled yes. to be released in a few weeks yeah uh which is the history of masters toys and i believe unless i'm mistaken you've got a few words in that book, I, I don't have a few words. I have a my name is under the special thanks portion of it. Well, there and, you go. Uh, super random. That's crazy. I don't, I don't know Pixel Dan. Um, like personally, like we've interacted on Twitter or whatever a couple sure, times. Sure. Um, but just randomly, I'm 
wake up, I'm making coffee, checking Twitter. Pixel Dan is asking if anybody has an original Spider box because he needs one to take pictures of for his a book that he's working on. So I have a Spider, a complete inbox, not mint inbox. Oh my inbox. gosh. And I picked it up at a, like on, on, on a Facebook auction, like super cheap. So, and it was with all the inserts and the stickers aren't even peeled oh off the sheet. Oh my gosh. So I think at some point I'm going to put it together. I just haven't yet. I don't yeah, know if yeah. I want to, or just buy a loose one. I don't know. Get a loose one. Yeah. Loose. I saw, I saw something earlier today. A dude was, this was a GI Joe figure. A dude was talking about, um, he got a GI Joe figure, like mint on card at some flea market or something for mm -hmm. like 10 bucks. And, uh, I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's amazing. And then he went on and was like, so yeah, I brought it home and opened it up. I was like, why did you open uh, it? Just get a Lucy. Yeah. Just get another one. Why would you open it? Ah. Uh, so I, uh, I took pictures of my, my spider. I sent it over to Dan and I said, is this like what you're looking for? He's like, like, I'm not going to say my box is perfect, but it's in good condition. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's in really good condition. So he's like, that would be great. He's like, listen, he's like, I'll, I'll pay the shipping if you can send it to me. He's like, and I can give you a thanks in my book. And I was like, Hell yeah, yeah, like great, like whatever. Um, so he posted the picture of like the thank you and acknowledgement page, um, like last week or something. And yeah. to see my name, like in that kind of thing. And I don't know if you've bought any of the other uh, like Dark Horse hardcover. I've got them all. So do I. And they are, I mean, each one is wonderful. They're, they they're they gorgeous. make for great display pieces. The the paper they use is, it, I mean, it's it's a very high quality product. And the comprehensiveness of it is is so wonderful. And just to see my name like on that special thanks page of a master, like a real deal Masters of the Universe well, it's, project. It's a literal piece of Masters of the Universe history. Yeah. And, and it is. And like, as I looked at that, like, and this is going to sound, I'm going to like for something so small, like all I did was let this guy borrow a box. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like I was involved in this anyway, nor would I ever act like I was. I just let D Pixel Dan borrow a box. But there's my name on a master's product, like yeah. a comprehensive product of the. And I started like I sat down when I saw that for the first time and I was like remembering like my mom taking me to Toys R Us and remembering my dad coming home from work, like smelling like fish because he worked in a, in a fish store, but like laying down on the floor and being Skeletor as I was He-Man, you know, and I remember like me meeting He-Man and Skeletor at like a toy store meet and greet in like 1984 or something. And I just like, I was like overcome with all these memories. And I was like, like, how cool is this? Like, because like you said, that's genuine masters of the universe history. Yes. That's And it's the book is all about the toys. And so much of my my life and my existence has can can be connected back to the masters of the universe figures. And like, I, I don't know, like when you when I say like you're entitled, you know, whatever, like you feel like you're part of it. Now, I actually like I'm like, I'm part of it. Like, that's yeah. awesome. It's I don't want to say it was like a bucket list item. I didn't know if like. Like, obviously, I never thought like something like that was like, oh, I'm going to have my name in a master's book one day. But like just seeing it was like for something so small, it's like something like really cool. And I, I, I feel like it's special. It is special. It absolutely is. And that's why 
you know, people who may not understand why we're such big collectors, why we get so invested in these things that we do, it's because it's it's a little piece of the story of our life. And it's, yeah. it's this comfort that we can have anytime I want. I can come down here and look at my G.I. Joe shelves and kind of reminisce back through different stages of my life of G.I. Joe and where it's been. And like Absolutely. it's 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 our sort of personal narrative. And with it being our current collections, it's right there in a physical form. And especially at our ages now to go back and have all of these properties that we loved as kids still exist with new items. And the way I compartmentalize like my fandom is I try to remember like what kind of theme birthday party did I have as a kid? Yeah. So, okay. So at four years old, I was all into masters. So I had a He-Man party at five years old. I had a Thundercats party at six years old. I had a GI Joe party seven (laughs) years old. I had a wrestling party at eight years old. I had a Simpsons party like, and you know, like you just remember like all these different stages and like, here we are 30 something years later and you walk it, you can, you can go out today and buy He-Man. You can buy GI Joe. You can buy Thundercats. Like, Every, it's amazing that these things have had that kind of impact and the fandom is still there to support these projects. I mean, I'm really happy it is because I'm enjoying the hell out of it. The, I love the Super 7 uh, Ultimate Thundercats. They are beautiful figures. I'm I'm not as in love with G.I. Joe Classified. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not either. And I'm I'm actually potentially getting to sort of a tipping point with those because right now I'm so into rebuilding my vintage GI Joe collection. Yeah. And every time I see a new classified figure, I'm like, well, that's twenty bucks. But what could I put twenty bucks towards? Yeah. From what I had when I was a kid, like that's that's the decisions I'm making right now. And I'm you know I'm not bailing on classified yet. But another little facet of that is Mezco just showed that 112 collective Destro. Yep. And I'm like, shit, do I even need these classified figures? Because look, I'm patient, man. I can, I can take, it's not like they're pumping classified figures out all that fast anyway. They really aren't. So Joe, we got to wrap it up. All right. We have had a phenomenal conversation we can absolutely continue this another time because there's, I think we've got a ton more to talk about, about toys, food, and wrestling. I would love, if you're, if you're willing, I'd love to have you back for our big masters, of the universe origins episode. Sure. Where we will break down the line thus far, probably about a month from now. And anytime you want, I'm, a, I'm around. Well, before we go, what are you up to? Uh, tell us where you are online again. Let us know where we can follow Joe shoes and your ongoing adventures as a man of taste. Yeah. I'm, um, for a person that's never done anything, I'm one of the most interesting people alive. So you can follow my exploits (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram at the Joe shoes. Uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Joe shoes. And, uh, I'll have some stuff coming up with, um, smart Mark from the major pod again. It, um, We'll be getting together soon to do a unboxing of wave six of masters of the WWE universe with ravishing Robert from Mattel. And if you haven't watched the last one, that's up on the major pod YouTube channel. It's not just the unboxing of those figures because ravishing Robert is a massive he-man fan himself. So him and I 
tend to steer the conversation into <laughs> very nerdy masters of the universe talk. So there's there's that for you if you like it. And uh, I'll be doing more food videos right now. I'm in the middle of uh, trying to eat as many chicken sandwiches as possible and just comparing and contrasting <laughs> all the benefits. And you are going to be making a rare wrestling appearance coming yes. up soon. Put that over before we go. Uh, FWF Live, April 8th, uh, patreon.com slash FWF Live, I believe it is. Um, Brian and Matt running a wrestling show, and they called me up and they said, hey, we want to book you for this wrestling show. And I thought it was a rib because <laughs> why would anybody book me for a wrestling show at this point in my life? Um, they, uh, It was not a rib, it turns out. And um I know Matt has been saying it's the comedy match. It's a four uh, four corners match with me, Max Smashmaster, uh, Philip Cardigan, and Slade. Um, and listen, I, listen, it's it's a comedy match, but <laughs> I am not I am not treating it as such because if I'm going to go and and make this appearance, like yeah, we'll have some laughs and some chuckles, but I will like we're gonna make this as as good as possible. I know everyone on the show is really committed to you know, putting out a really good product. I'm excited to be a part of it. And uh, it's, it's, I think probably it's going to be one of those things I look back on in a, in a couple of years and say, uh, you know what? It's really cool. I got to do this. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm, I'm super stoked to see the show. Uh, and it's, it's funny because at one point they, they've said that, no, we're not going to compete with the NXT thing. But at one point I was like, well, I guess I'm watching FWF and not NXT. I mean, obviously <laughs> in this day and age, there's no, choosing anymore Correct. but as far as watching stuff live like we still have to make choices and i was like i guess it's fwf I, fwf is going to be a lot of fun and if you're a merch person uh the bundle package that they have going on yeah with the um i think they're going to make all of us sign eight by tens and i think there's like a special one where they're going to make us sign like one turnbuckle and yeah yeah and then the exclusive micro brawler which you don't have to be a major wrestling podcast fan to want the micro brawler. Well, and micro brawlers are, well, here's okay. So here's my thing. I am, I am a hundred percent not buying any micro brawlers guy. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Didn't as much as I love the whole stomp in paradise concept. And that's the, uh, I've got the, the stomp in paradise figures, of the guys, that's my favorite, like major pod thing. It's like, I'm not buying the stomp in paradise micro brawlers. I'm not getting into that because I know, we know we talked about it earlier in the show, Joe. Once, how these things once you crack the seal. And today, do you know what I'm doing today? I'm oh, sitting no. here looking at damn Kevin Nash Super Shredder Micro Brawler. Isn't that phenomenal? Oh my gosh. I didn't know that was a thing. And then I saw the Dude. pictures the other day. And then there's the chase with the, the purple one. Oh, so, oh my uh, gosh. So phenomenal. And yeah. let me tell you a quick Stomp in Paradise story. Okay. So when they started Stomping Paradise, first of all, that's where I think the show became a hit. Like when they did, when Brian first did the Stomping Paradise thing, that's the thing that made it stand out to me where it was like, this is something that every kid who has ever played with toys can relate to. Can relate to, exactly. Completely just coming up with something wild, ridiculous, that's so, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it is something down the line. Well, that's the point where you realize the guys are legit. Yeah. That this isn't just like speculators talking about old toys. Yes. When he when he shared that, and you were like, "Oh, he's one of us." I and I always I always said that I think that was the turning point where the show became a fun little show about two guys 
you know, who still collect and, and enjoy toys. But that's the one where it became like, no, these guys are like super fucking yeah. nostalgic collectors, just like the rest of us. Yeah. But then they filmed the video where it was like uh, like an opening credit scene of them on the beach and explosions. Going <laughs> yes, off. it's so good. So I was trying to politic my way into the universe, the stomp in paradise. Of universe. course. How would you not? So I came up with a character called Spencer Latta, whose code name was Sizz. <laughs> and he was an evil guy who used to design the card backs for your favorite toys. And now because of the stomp in paradise guys encouraging everyone to let them breathe, they toss away his life's work. Like it ain't no thing. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's great. And so I wanted to be the villain and I would try to get back at uh, Matt and Brian for encouraging people to let them breathe. And on the podcast this week, uh, Brian actually brings that up. I heard it. You're too nice. I'm too nice to be a bad guy. I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> but my name was going to be Spencer Latta, a.k.a. Sizz. And it was Spencer because that was Hogan's name in Thunder in Paradise. Right, right. Uh, Latta is from Chris Latta, who did Chris the Latta, voice of two Cobra of my Commander. favorite Cobra Commander and, and Starscream. Starscream. Two of, of the best chicken shit heels in the history of the business. Absolutely. And then Sizz was the nickname because my favorite restaurant in the entire world is the Sizzler. Sizzler. Like if I could get married tomorrow, <laughs> I would want the reception to be at the Sizzler. Corn, fit, corn fritters for everybody. Malibu chicken oh, across the board. Man. That's my so that I posted a picture on my Instagram uh, yesterday. Once I heard, heard the episode and I was like, I'm too nice. Like what, what? I was like, they just they killed off my character already. I never even got to debut. Like I went out and bought like army clothes, like in camouflage stuff. And I was like, oh man, and I'll never get to use it now. <laughs> well, Joe, I hate to tell you, but I got to agree with Brian. You are far too nice a guy to be a villain. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on the needless things podcast. You're going to be back soon. I'll tell you right now. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a great conversation, man. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. You know, as much as I enjoy our like roundtable episodes where we'll review you know a movie or whatever or the needless commentaries or we'll focus on a toy line or we'll have you know something like that my favorite episodes are the ones where i sit down with somebody and we have a conversation i just i love that i love a natural progression where you jump from topic to topic and you organically see where the conversation goes and yeah we had some bullet points and some specific items to talk about because that was joe's stuff but i like just seeing where you end up and there are a few things that i had notes on that we ended up not talking about and that's fine because joe is 100 percent going to be back but i just those are the kinds of podcasts that i really enjoy listening to where you just are, are hearing two people and just where their minds go uh, so that's the ones that I really enjoy making as well. But there are other kinds of podcasts, and we do them here on the Needless Things podcast. And next week will be the newest Needless Commentary. And I actually don't even know what it is yet. I need to get with uh, Ryan. I believe it's our pal Ryan Cadaver's pick next month, or this month, since it is his birthday month. Uh, I need to find out what we're going to be watching so I can watch it, because uh, I really don't want to have to fake it. I don't... I've never... Okay, so this is a thing people do. Real quick. Uh, they will fake watch something and then do a podcast about it. I'm not going to name any names, but I am well aware that this 
has happened on podcasts I have been on, and there's only one person that's ever fooled me with it, that I had no idea that this person had not watched the thing we were discussing. So kudos to them, but I don't do that. I watch it. Uh, You get the real deal from me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.